Join Aubrey Masango. Evenings on 702. 12 minutes after 9 o'clock, I'm joined in the studio by Mr. Bonolo Ramokele. He's uh, the uh, board chairperson of City Power, uh, and uh, he joins me now in the studio. Mr. Ramokele, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate your time. Um, evening, Aubrey, and evening to the listeners at home. City Power, is that an SOE? Yes, it's a municipal-owned entity. Uh, so it is a state-owned entity, yes. How, how does it function? I mean, uh, you know... I suppose from the position of a citizen or a resident of Johannesburg, I, I'm looking to get electricity, right? Mm. But it would help to know how city power actually works within the various structures of governance in yep. the city of Johannesburg. Yep. So um, it is an arm of uh, local government. Um, city power actually was started as part of a strategy in the year 2000 when the city of Johannesburg came into being. So from 2000-2001, entities were created so that uh, they are focused on their core mandates. So you had city power to deal with the electricity mandate, you had Joburg Water dealing with the water mandate, Um, you know, you had Joburg Property Company dealing with all of the properties of the city and so forth, and some other entities were then formed, um, you know, as the years progressed. So it is an arm of local government. Um, if we were in a normal normal municipality, quote-unquote, uh, we would be uh, in the energy or electricity unit, um, you know, of the municipality. So it runs as a fully-fledged company uh, with a board of directors of which I chair. And then it's also got uh, an exco, which is led by the managing director, um, and it runs, you know, on its own, but it's 100% owned. Uh, by the city of Johannesburg. Um, so we basically have the city as the shareholder um, where we basically get uh, our mandate. So we basically aligned in terms of what are the priorities of the government of the day. Um, you know, we're aligned to the GDS uh, strategy as well. So we basically don't, um, we, we don't run independently. Sure. Um, you know, we work within that particular structure of local government. It's interesting that the model is one of business that is aimed at producing the outcomes of of society. Some may argue that um, while theoretically it makes sense that it is supposed to focus on a core sort of mandate, uh, and that is the provision, I imagine, the provision of electricity for the people of or, and the businesses, or let me say Johannesburg, um, that you have to run it as a business. In other words, you then have to make business decisions. And for an organization that is supposed to deal with a developmental state, as it were, a developmental city, as it were, that perhaps that is not the right um, vehicle because of certain concessions that must be made uh, in the context of a of a city that comes from a particular history. Yeah, look, um, we, we 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 operate in a way that um, we have got to ensure that the company is sustainable um, because uh, when you and I are long uh, retired and our kids uh, are sitting here, you know, the infrastructure still has to be there. Um, You know, the electrons still have to flow and people still need to get um, services. 
Um, so you do need to run uh, the entity in a sustainable manner. But at the same time, we have to ensure that uh, we are meeting the goals uh, of the shareholder. Um, you know, even when you look at our KPIs, for example, um, some of our KPIs are actually national treasury KPIs. Uh, we can't change them. Um, you know, some of our KPIs come from the shareholder. If the shareholder says that uh, you need to have X amount of streetlights uh, in Johannesburg, um, you know, you have to meet that, quad, uh, that quarterly target uh, to ensure that the city is meeting its obligations, um, you know, to, to residents. Yeah. So I think running institutions in a sustainable manner does not mean that uh, you become a cold-hearted uh, capitalist. Uh, that, um, you know, we will look at the bottom line and that is it. Uh, but we need to look at broad range of uh, outcomes that are sought um, because at the end of the day, we don't live for the sake of uh, the bottom line. We need to ensure that uh, the lights are on and we need to ensure that uh, even things such as energy poverty, uh, which is a big thing that uh, within the country we don't speak about. And that is the issue of Aubrey and Bonolo can be able to afford energy. Uh, but uh, what about somebody uh, sitting uh, in Eldorado Park? What about somebody sitting in Alexandra? What type of solutions are you giving uh, that particular individual so that they don't have these exorbitant uh, electricity bills, but they still have access to electricity? I'll give you an example. Um, we've got um, the free basic uh, electricity allowance that we get from National Treasury. Uh, which uh, in most municipalities would be sitting at about 50 kilowatts, but in Johannesburg is sitting at 100 kilowatts. That is a mandate, uh, you know, of the city. That is a mandate of the shareholder. And uh, we only get X amount of money from National Treasury to cover this, this basic allowance for all residents. Um, you know, and it's only in Johannesburg where you'll get 100 kilowatts of free electricity as long as you can demonstrate that you are indigent or you cannot afford, um, you know, this basic service. So we need to ensure that those services still reach uh, the masses uh, at the end of the day. So if I understand you correctly, you operate on the basis of business, dare I say, capitalistic sort of um, efficiencies, but you have the heart of Shea Guevara. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, I would say so. Um, I think he said something along the lines of, um, you know, all revolutionaries are, are at the heart of it, uh, are driven by love or something along those lines. Yeah. Um, and I think it doesn't speak to just us. Um, if you were to look at pretty much each and every SOE, that's why SOEs were actually created, by the way. If you look at uh, why was the land bank uh, created uh, in the 19, uh, early 1900s, why was ESCOM created in the, in the early 1920s, is purely because the Nets at the time felt that we need to create these institutions so that they are able to cushion uh, you know, the brutalities uh, of the system against the people. So that's why you have and you need to continue have strong um, municipal-owned entities, state-owned entities, so that uh, you cushion, um, you know, the broader population uh, against, uh, you know, the harsh realities of uh, those who set uh, the price of bread. Yeah. So, do you think it works, this model? Um, I think that uh, it, it, it works uh, because what it does, it accelerates service delivery. Um, instead of having, for example... Let me give you a simple example. Instead of having a group shared uh, service uh, 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 department that services everybody, um, you know, you have now subject matter specialists focusing on what uh, they are good at. 
Um, you know, you don't have somebody who has to take care of water, take care of electricity, take care of, uh, you know, the pick it up, uh, take care of, um, you know, uh, Jobic market, you name it. You've got subject matter specialists. And also when you attract talent, uh, you are able to attract people and say, look, I've got an interest in food and agriculture and so forth. I want to go work at the Jobic market, etc." So I think the model um, does work. Um, but uh, like anything in life, it's not 100% perfect. Uh, there will be uh, issues of the same, but surely we could get uh, better efficiencies, um, you know, in terms of service delivery, etc. But you, the, the shareholder at the city is not a passive shareholder. That just allows you to say, look, go and uh, do your best. We'll meet again at the next uh, shareholder meeting or AGM. But uh, there is a lot of coordination um, in terms of uh, service delivery, uh, making sure that you use all of the capabilities within the different uh, uh, entities so that if you are responding to an issue in Zola of water, uh, but it's caused maybe because the pumping station um, had a problem because of electricity, um, you don't just you know leave it at uh, oh let's go look at a water issue and that's it. There's a lot of integration. Um, you know it's not a, a passive shareholder at the end of the day. So I think the the, the model does work. Um, obviously, it needs scale. I think it works for an entity such as um, an animal, such as City of Johannesburg. You can't do it in a municipality that is much smaller, because you're going to have a lot of uh, underutilized uh, resources that basically sit for a whole month doing nothing. Mm. Um, but in Joburg, trust me, um, I think the model does work. Look, there are other metros, um, you know, like Cape Town, Kuruleni. Um, Tswane to a certain extent does have some entities where they've got a much more flatter structure um, but um, I, I think for Joburg it has proven to work over the past um, 20, 20, over 20 years now I'm tempted to say to our listeners give us a call yeah. and corroborate or dispute whether or not um, what Mr. Ramukele is saying is true or not. And and maybe I should. Yeah, give us a call. 11 I'm sitting here with the chairperson uh, of City Power. I'd love to hear your thoughts about your experience of their work. My sense, though, is that you're going to get a lot of complaints. You're going to have a lot of people that are unhappy um, because of the experience that they have. Uh, and their experience is obviously not informed by some of the issues that you need to deal with uh, at an operational level of this particular entity. But my, my, my question is really about the shareholder. Uh, one of the big issues that we've been discussing uh, in this country is particularly with the bigger SOEs, the Transnet, the Eskims and so forth is that the shareholder, which is usually government, does not allow the professionals who are the talent, talent who understand the principles of running a business to do their work because they are encumbered by all sorts of other societal and political issues. Without being too forward, what's your relationship like with the shareholder, as it were? Yeah, look, I think to, let me start by... You, you get my question? Yeah, no, no, yeah, I get you, right? I get you. Yeah, yeah. So let me start with uh, the notion that, um, you know, you've got in these SOEs, 
you know, these unlearned uh, people who are just imposed, um, you know, by politicians. I think it also takes away a lot from possibly the 90% plus really hardworking. My position is the exact opposite. Yeah. My, my position is that the SOEs attract some of the best brains, best and the most capable South Africans to go into those uh, spaces. But what happens is that they are not allowed to do what they know how to do because a shareholder sometimes has other priorities other than uh, allowing them to do what they're supposed to do. And that is sometimes making unpopular business decisions. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm happy that, sure. uh, you know, that part, uh, you know, you, it is acknowledged that there are a lot of really good people Absolutely. in these entities. Absolutely, yeah. Um, look, coming back to our relationship with the shareholder, um, it's like any other relationship with the shareholder. The shareholder gives you certain mandates uh, to say we want you to do achieve the following things and uh, we measure your performance, um, you know, on a quarterly basis. I mean, we have a... Um, a quarterly, for example, a quarterly meeting with the MMC of uh, of infrastructure in the city of Johannesburg, who is effectively the shareholder representative. Um, you know, we have um, you know quarterly sessions with a group governance that oversees these entities yeah. on a quarterly basis, and the relationship is purely governed from a perspective of these are the you know the KPIs we give you, these are the mandates that we give you. Are you meeting those uh, particular uh, KPIs so that uh, we, as the city, are able to meet uh, our own uh, mandates uh, with uh, you know all residents uh, of uh, of Johannesburg. So I think we are given uh, the space uh, to do our work. And obviously it's a robust uh, relationship. It's not uh, a very, you know, feel-good type of relationship. Um, I mean, even in the private sector, by the way, um, you know, in the big companies, if a shareholder says, I want you to do X, if you don't do X, how many CEOs uh, get, you see, you know, being told, look, we think uh, it's time for you to go purely because there's no alignment between the shareholder um, and yourself. Yeah, but in the in the in the private sector, uh, I would argue it is a bit easier because the 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 priorities is the bottom line. Whereas with you guys, you have to balance issues of social, historical um, uh, issues that 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 wouldn't necessarily be an issue in the in the in the private sector. So your work. Um, is sometimes a little more complex in that sense. Um, that sometimes there is a particular strategy if we want a real turnaround to take place that we need to follow, but it might not necessarily be politically correct, if, if I can use those words. And for that reason, I think that sometimes professionals such as yourself, board members, operational directors in SOEs find themselves in a very difficult situation. I, I, mean, I could talk about SAA, I could talk about all sorts of places and the conversations that are taking place at the moment. And really, that then contributes to the idea that the people that are employed there are useless and don't know what they do. I argue differently. I say that those people do know what they, they're doing. These are people that are capable. These are people that are properly educated that know what should be done. But because of other pressures that are usually those of the shareholder and political, uh, they cannot actually do what they know they ought to do. And really, the question I'm, ask, I'm asking is, do you find that in your in instance 
And how do you deal with that? Yeah, look, I think um, in our environment, um, like I said, we take our mandate uh, from the shareholder. Um, you know, the priorities are quite clear to say this is what GDS uh, uh, tells us. This is what uh, the priorities of the government uh, of local unity are. And uh, also then it, it trickles down, um, you know, to say these are the priorities. And then, you know, we go away, um, you know, we come up with a, a business plan, we do the strategy, and then that is actually approved uh, by the shareholder. So the strategy is not a top-down uh, approach when it comes to now the nuts and bolts of right, to say, right. which programs are you going to focus on? Um, there's a lot of input that comes, um, you know, from the teams uh, within City Power. I'll give you an example. Um, you know, we went um, aggressively um, on a program for, for example, of uh, alternative energy, uh, solar high masts, um, you know, um, PV solutions, uh, basically converting your, your rooftops of government buildings into a virtual PV station, for example. Those things are actually ideas that are coming in from within. And, um, you know, they are plugged into, uh, you know, the strategy, the broader strategy. And then we agree and say these are the 10-point plans that we're going to be looking into in terms of combating uh, load shedding and also uh, providing sustainable energy solutions, um, you know, for the next 20 to 30 years. And then once that process is done, you know, you sit as a board. I mean, we sat, I think, for about two, three days last year. And then once we're done with that, then you now take it uh, to the shareholder. And then they look at the business plan, they'll make their inputs. And then thereafter, you know, it goes to mayoral committee uh, to say, look, yay or nay, uh, you can go ahead and implement these. And then after that, we did that process. We were then able, for example, uh, to start rolling out uh, these rooftop solars. We've been installing solar high mass all over uh, in, in townships of uh, Johannesburg and also outside of Johannesburg as part of our program, uh, MOU, with uh, the provincial government. Yeah. Uh, we've been able to resuscitate our open cycle gas turbines, which is basically refurbishing power stations that were sitting dormant um, you know, for more than 10, 12 years. Um, and instead of taking them to the private sector uh, to say the private sector, give us, um, you know, your own solutions, we effectively refurbish them ourselves. And in a few days time, uh, maybe in about 30 days times max, would then be uh, rolling those out into plugging in another 100 megawatts onto the grid. One of the things that we looked into our strategy was let us finally finalize a 20 year IPP program. Um, that is in our business plan, and we finally got municipal approval after we, did, we got the board resolution done. We got it at the end of uh, February, if I'm not mistaken. So, 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 the, so, so, so there, there is a bit of, um, there's, a, there's a lot of back and forth with the shareholder, but uh, everything is informed by strategy, and the shareholder has a, a view on that. So we don't feel like we're being stifled. And also you can't have errant uh, entities uh, you know doing whatever they want yeah. uh, without guidance uh, you know from a, a shareholder perspective do you sometimes get a sense that the representatives of the shareholder know what they're talking about i mean the, the, the particularly city power it's yeah. a very technical space yeah, yeah. um and and i'm and i'm and i'm going to go into the load shedding issue i'm going to go into the load shedding <laughs> issue because because it, it, you can't speak about city yeah. power and power and not talk about the load shedding issue but 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 i sometimes get the sense mm. that the representatives of the 
of the shareholder. Uh, are, are rhetoric people. Whereas you as the people that must run these entities are operational people. And that presents very different, and, and I'm, I'm in no way trying to belittle the difficulties that the shareholder and the politicians have to face because they've given certain resolutions, certain promises to their electorate. They've got to make sure that that happens. But you guys on the management side, the operational side of things, have your own challenges. Are there times when there is an incongruence as far as that is concerned? Look, um, like any relationship, um, it, it, it is robust. And like any relationship... Re- re- but really? Uh, it is very. Yeah. And you constantly have to work on that uh, relationship. And um, like I said, we've got different um, arenas that we are, we are playing in. Um, the shareholder has got the mandate. Um, you know, the politician gets elected and goes to an informal settlement or goes to a township and they say we have not had electricity um, for the past, um, let's say, two years because our transformers have bent. Um, Even though, let's say, there's now illegal connections in that particular area. Now, the politician is going to look at this and says, constitutionally, I cannot leave this settlement and just pretend as if this did not happen. And whether there's illegal connections or not, those people must be able to get electricity. Now, the unit within, um, let's say EISD, which is uh, the Environmental Infrastructure um, you know, Services uh, Department, they've got technical people who work there. I mean, some of them have been in the city for 10, 15, 20 years. Um, you know, these are guys... You know, hardworking South Africans who know exactly what they are doing. These are guys who know exactly uh, what is happening in Johannesburg, but they've chosen to stay at a policy level. And now when that then communicates, gets communicated to ourselves, we now, they now look at the technical side of things to say, okay, fine. Do we connect these people? Um, are there mini subs in the area? Are they connected to a substation? Um, you know, what do we do with the illegal connections? Um, what do we do with the payment culture and so forth? So if you then have a situation whereby you've got a shareholder who will want to do the work that uh, city power professionals, etc., is doing, you are going to have a situation whereby there is interference, whereby a shareholder becomes operational, which is something that South Africans will, um, you know, would have seen in other SOEs, yes, whereby have. you will have... <laughs> politicians and um, you know and other people having an operational view on on, on matters that they should not be having an operational view on so I think the relationship for me um, it works Uh, I do not have the capacity to go and converse and go speak to people and do all those things Um, but uh, we rely on the guidance that you'd get from a shareholder to say look let us focus a bit more on X, Y, and Z because it's got these uh, ramifications uh, if we don't uh, do that. And, uh, I, and and by the way, I'm non-executive. So I can effectively, um, you know, I do not get paid a salary from City Power and my and my living elsewhere. So it's not, it's a case of, uh, you know, an honest reflection of the relationship that everybody plays their different role, um, you know, to ensure that we all get to the same, uh, you know, 
end point at the end of the day, which is the mandate, which is the KPIs, uh, which is, um, you know, quality of life, uh, you know, that is improved uh, for all residents uh, of, uh, of Johannesburg. Is that the relationship uh, generally with, with the city? You know, is that the relationship that the board has with the city? Are all members of the board not paid by the city? Yes, we are not paid uh, a salary by the city. We get, uh, what do they call them, sitting allowances. Yeah, an honorarium um, of sorts. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we don't, uh, we're not employees uh, yeah. of the city, yes. Right, right. And do you find that that kind of relationship gives you the independence to be able to speak truth to power? Oh, definitely. Um, I mean, I've been a board member of City Power before, um, I think from 2019 to 2022, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere there. And there were instances where, you know, we, we really had to speak uh, truth to power. Um, so it, it, it allows us, uh, it gives us that room. Uh, to be able to, 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 to say such, to say certain things that, for example, management may not be able to say, um, you know, raise, raise issues sharply. Give me an example of an issue that you guys would have raised with the shareholder that the, uh, the operational management team would have been reticent to, to talk about. So let me give you an example. Um, let's say, for example, um, the shareholder feels that uh, the management that we have in place is not uh, is not the best. Uh, we need new management. So you would then, as a board, say, no, but that is our prerogative. Uh, it's us. We need to assess the performance of management uh, against uh, what the KPIs are. Uh, it's us who has to do those yearly assessments of whether management is performing or not based on the performance of the company, looking at the remuneration policies, et cetera, et cetera. And then at the end of the day, you say, look, uh, perhaps these people are performing or not. And there, is, there are times whereby there would be that um, people are diametrically opposed. Um, and um, at that point in time, it's either you cower or you actually stand up for you know what you believe in. Um, and it has happened before, uh, not in this term, but in my previous term. I want to take some calls as lots of people want to talk to you. But what in your succinctly, what would you understand the mandate of city power to be very succinctly? So effectively, ours is to be able to generate um, electricity and provide electricity to um, residents of uh, Johannesburg. Out of 10, do you what? what 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 mark would you give yourself in terms of the meeting of that man, mandate? Um, based on the KPIs that we signed, sure. uh, you know, with National Treasury, the city, and our own KPIs, last quarter we're sitting at seventy three percent, which was the highest I think in about four years or so. Um, and even in that board meeting, as soon as we you know were reading, I I personally said, look, as much as we're sitting at seventy three percent. If this does not feel like 73% yes. to residents of Johannesburg, this number is not what we're going to look at. Um, we need to measure our performance Based by on the experience, the, the experience sure. of the person, the last person in Johannesburg who's dissatisfied with us. That's how we must measure because ourselves. Because that's, that's how I was going to ask yeah. my next question. What do you think that the residents of, um, of Johannesburg would give you as a mark out of 10? I think um, residents of Johannesburg uh, would have to speak for themselves, but I think different pockets of Johannesburg would give us different ratings, and I'll tell you for different reasons. Um, where we're sitting uh, in, in Sentin, we may likely get uh, a higher rating right. because uh, the network is slightly right. newer. Right. But areas such as the inner city, 
Rorepot, um, Alexandra, um, you find that the, because the network there, the cables, uh, the mini-subs, the transformers, you name it, some of them are over 80 years old. Um, so the network is not as resilient. And therefore, there's more outages. There's more infrastructure that keeps right. on blowing up. There's more fires. Um, I mean, in east of Johannesburg, um, you know, there was a big outage, um, you know, in Yeovil, yep. Observatory, yep. and so forth, uh, just recently. And those residents are not going to be happy. Uh, you and I, even myself, by the way, I suffer from load shedding. When I have load shedding for more than four hours, um, you know, I, I start, um, you know, saying certain unpleasant things, <laughs> you know. So, so... Yeah, so, 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 so just to finish it off, yeah. so the, the state of our infrastructure in those areas is very old. Right. And if we're able to pump in enough money into those areas, and there is a strategy around that as to how do we even bring in the private sector and not just use our own money. Because right. if we had to use a government's money alone, it would take us 50 years to be able to catch up to the infrastructure backlog. So how do we ensure that we have all those areas with newer infrastructure, mini-subs, you name it, cables, etc.? Like, for example, in Rotoport, you would have certain areas whereby they've got six KV lines as opposed to 11. So immediately you are losing money uh, in that area. So the, 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 the experience of residents is also informed by the fact that we just don't have uh, the money to be able to modernize uh, that network. We do what we can with the meager resources that we can. And the board is now looked and say, look, this is not going to work. Let's bring in the private sector as well so that we can improve uh, the quality of the experience of the user. So at this stage, based on your KPIs, it would be 7 out of 10? Yeah. Run about 7 out of 10? And, and like I said, I did not even take that number. Yeah. I said we must look at the residents. Yeah. No, no, I get that. Yes. But, but based on the KPIs, yes. Uh, from that point of view, generally, it would be 7 out of 10. Yeah. We can have a different conversation about the experience of the residents, but at this stage, based on the KPIs, it would be around about 7 out of 10. Yeah. Okay, I want to take some calls. Uh, I'm going to take them back to back. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can make some notes and then maybe uh, if you can uh, uh, be able to respond to them. Uh, we haven't even started talking about load shedding. Isn't that unbelievable? Let's talk to Lunga in uh, Meadowlands. Uh, Soweto, good evening to you, Lunga. Good evening, Aubrey, and thank you for taking my call. Sure. And good evening to your guest there. Yes, sir. I couldn't help but your guest because that uh, it comes across as a person. A teacher does not speak from a common sense point of view. He seems to be understanding the story. So my question is, I couldn't help but notice that City Power is also trying to use the route of using RTPs and gas turbine to provide uh, reliable uh, as a source of energy. But I want to know if we can explore the issue of uh, providing any reliable and cheap uh, energy, uh, reliable uh, energy source using the small uh, modular reactors. Because what happens in China is that they use uh, in Shanghai there when they start building Shanghai, they use they invested a lot of energy or a lot of money to invest in small modular reactors so that they are able to then ensure that there's energy investment there. So I think now City Power is also using the leaches like your ITPs, so they're able to then privatize the electricity that we have in South Africa. So can they then look into the cost benefit? Is there any plan to also use the nuclear supply? Thank you very much, Okay. Thank you very much, Lunga. Much appreciated. Godfrey is in Benoni. Hi, Godfrey. 
I, well, so are you, man? Very well, thank you, Godfrey. Go ahead, sir. What is on your mind? Yeah. Remember last time I asked you that why do we buy 1,000 rand electricity? Ah, yes, I remember that question. Yes. Yes. And another thing, no? why do we have why do we have to buy electricity from middlemen not to buy from escom directly because of it was like escom you don't need shareholders and all those kind of stuff you can buy from one place because if like these city powers they buy from it from escom and then they bring it inside and then they overcharge us and then Wow, what what is going on here? Because I don't understand. All right, I, I want you to ask the f- the previous question because I remember the question that you asked, but I think it's important for you to ask our guest the question around uh, when load shedding takes place and when the power comes back, the amount of units that uh, that come back are are reduced. Please ask the question from your experience, uh, Godfrey. I was saying to you like last time, Aubrey, I asked you that you know if you can if you can find out about this. When you buy electricity, example for thousand rand, you get four hundred rand, four hundred and something units. Right, right, okay, all right. Great stuff. Sure, and please keep listening. Uh, to add to that question, because it's a conversation that I had, and it's an experience that I have. I buy a hundred uh, units, let's say. Uh, load shading takes place. Um, at the moment that load shedding took place, I had 80 units. When the electricity comes back, I've got 40 units. Literally, 40 units back. I want you to talk to that, but but let, let's because that was part of the conversation that we had. Let me speak to Lucky in Pretoria East. Hi, Lucky. Thanks, thanks, Aubrey, for the opportunity, sure. and thanks to, to, to your guest. Uh, mine is not so much of a complaint, it's an observation that I'm making from a distance because you asked your, your guest if uh, uh, the model is working and he said yes, and I am saying the model is not working. And the reason I'm saying the model is not working is, is because when SOEs, including ESCOM, which the uh, uh, city power buys electricity, although they generate part of it from, when they were conceptualized, Their sole mandate was developmental. It was not uh, to make profit. In fact, if they were to break even, that would be fine. If they make a profit, that would be nice. But uh, uh, fundamentally, they were meant to break even for as long as they they, they facilitate development. Now, my question to him is, uh, I'm not so sure of the corporate structure in, in his company, but is it not possible for them to, I'm not saying they must unbundle uh, city power. I'm saying within city power itself, they, they divide it into residential and industrial uh, divisions where you isolate the problems. Uh, uh, you will see the division that performs and the division that does not perform because the two are intertwined. Industrial means people get uh, uh, work uh, because businesses will be op- operating optimally. And when people get work, they'll be able to afford to buy electricity. Rather than uh, uh, when there's a problem, it affects entirely the whole system. You're not able to identify as to where exactly uh, 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 do you need to, 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 to look at in order to identify the exact problem. So uh, with regard to, 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 to shareholders, shareholders, uh, it needs to be made very clear because this word shareholder, it means somebody is getting money out of it. 
which in this case is not the case. Shareholder, it means the government. So uh, whenever he speaks about shareholders, shareholders, because I, I'm starting to get an impression that there are people who are uh, thinking that there are people who are benefiting out of it because they are shareholders in this Yeah, context. no, no, I, I think we get that, Lucky. But I, I think yeah. your question has been clearly uh, uh, um, put to the, to the guest. Let's see what he has to say as a response. John is in Boxburg. Hi, John. Good evening, Aubrey, and good evening to your guest. Yeah, go for um, it, John. So my my question will follow pertaining to personal experience. I'm a customer of the city uh, within uh, the suburb of Hillbrow, Johannesburg. And um, I don't know if I should be in a position of thankful because I've been provided with electricity or should I go forward and complain in a sense where we had a fault, if not close to two years ago. That underground cable fault was unable to be repaired due to uh, city power not having enough materials to repair the job um, uh, to its natural state or to its safe state. Uh, since then, we've been installed with uh, what you call a surface-run high-voltage uh, cable for a business. Uh, now, that's me personally, as well as my neighbor. Now, we've gone through this for longer than two years, and my neighbor close to a year. Uh, how is the mandate structured to source or, or to, to, to almost feed your technical department with the materials they need to not only execute the job that's required for your customer, but as well as safety, uh, safety for the public. Because those surface run cables are open to the public right now. Anybody that's not of sober mind, for instance, hypothetically, may damage that cable and, and, and injure if not death. Uh, may result. What is the mandate? Does the mandate extend to a public safety kind of point of view or does the mandate just structure supply electricity to the people that do not have and minimize the, the faults that are arising? Understood. If that makes sense. Understood. John in Boxburg. Um, no. Thank you so much um, to the callers for, for, for the questions. I'll try to run through them. Um, I'll start off uh, not in order of importance, but what John uh, is raising is extremely important. Um, and I think that's uh, you know a very operational issue. If you can just get his details, uh, we will then uh, share it uh, with the service delivery executive uh, who will ensure that uh, that matter is resolved. And uh, if John can call um, in the next, uh, let's say, week, and that is still there, um, you know, heads will roll. Um, and then, uh, because safety is a big thing for us, it's a big, big, big thing for us, a safety inside uh, the company for all our technicians, etc., to avoid death, injury for those who are working, as well as uh, residents. Um, the question by Lunga in terms of uh, privatization and so forth, uh, there is no privatization with IPPs. Um, you know, to do a project, for example, of 100 megawatts, uh, let's say it costs you a billion rands. Um, but uh, for city of Johannesburg to fully function, um, we'd need, let's say, about 2,000 megawatts. Um, we do not have uh, 20 billion rands uh, to just uh, spend on developing projects. Um, so you need to pull in capital. Um, you know, that is coming from the banks, from pension funds, DFIs, etc. And you also need capable developers uh, that know how to operate and run, um, you know, these uh, power stations because you've got different uh, energy sources. Just because you're good at running a solar farm does not mean you can run a nuclear reactor or a wind farm, um, etc. 
So what we're doing here, we're just simply trying to raise as much capital using private sector money and they develop these projects and then they give us the electrons that keep the lights on, not just for, because of load shedding, but because for the next 20 years, Jobek is going to get on average about 10,000 migrants coming into the city every month. And those people are going to need electricity, they're going to need housing and so forth. There will be a lot of economic activity that needs electricity. And in terms of uh, modular reactors and nuclear and so forth, if you were to look at our uh, program for IPPs uh, in our business plan, which has been uh, published for residents, can actually go and have a look at that. Um, We are looking at not just solar. Uh, We are looking at all forms of energy. And baseload energy is what we have a bias to towards. And I've said this in meetings inside the company and outside in the media to say that we've got a bias towards baseload energy or dispatchable energy. That is energy you can harness at will. Um, you know, you can make the motors and, and, and turbines run at will. And that is coal and that is nuclear and um, that is gas uh, as well. Batteries. So um, batteries would come, um, you know, with a solution that comes with solar. Uh, and batteries, by the way, the battery technology has not evolved to a point where you can run a battery the whole day. You can run a battery for X amount of hours. So you'd find that if you've got a solar farm, you run it during the day, you store the energy, and then you release it during peak. For example, let's say 5 o'clock as people are getting home, uh, up until, let's say, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock in the evening. But battery technology is very expensive. Um, you know, it is very expensive. Um, and it's not at a stage whereby you can use it on a mass scale and be able to keep an economy such as Johannesburg floating. Funny enough, there's an interview you need to watch uh, of Elon Musk where he was basically saying, look, I'm a clean technology enthusiast, but uh, you cannot run an economy using solar. Right. You can do it with coal. You right. can do it with nuclear. Right. So because, we're not antagonistic because, towards because, nuclear. Because that's, that's where the base load is. 100%. You need I, I get it. that. Yeah. You need it. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then the issue that Godfrey and yourself already yeah. have raised, yeah. uh, I could see you're very interested in this yeah. one. Yeah. So the, I think you'd have to have, um, a, uh, if, if you're under a city power area, we'd have to have, go, come and have a look at your meter okay. and have a look at everything to see what exactly is happening because this is a simple thing. If you're not using your electricity, your units should not go down. Absolutely. Um, and he was saying that he buys electricity for a hundred, a thousand rands and he gets 415 units Worth. or something. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that comes to roughly about two rand fifty a kilowatt hour. That's basically what we also pay. Uh, when I buy electricity for my grandmother uh, who's on prepaid, um, you know, the same thing. I actually went to my phone and checked. Every time I buy electricity, what does it come to? It comes to exactly the same figure, 250, 260 a kilowatt so hour. So there is no sliding scale of sorts that says that uh, if you are living in a particular area that's understood to be more well healed than another, because, uh, you know, I, I have family in, in Ramukhilitzana, for example. My grandmother's in the Eastern Cape, in yeah. a village called Dapuleng uh, in Stexbury. And, and, and what, what happens is that the, in those areas, people can buy 30 rands of power and it stays for weeks. No, I think... And, and, I, and, I buy, and I'm also in prepaid. Uh-huh. I, I buy a thousand rands worth of, of... And I can't keep it for two weeks. Um, Aubrey, you have a lot of appliances in your house. <laughs> <laughs> you have a lot of things running in your house yeah, yeah, yeah. and people in your home village do not. Yeah, yeah. And that also is a function of that as well. But yeah. the issue of load shedding units becoming lesser, yes. I think it's something that if you are in our area, even if it's ESCOM, you need to raise it uh, with immediate effect okay. if there's a problem with your meter 
uh, or not. So that could be a, a problem that is unique to me 100%. specifically and my 100%. meter, and that would me- need me to go to the city power and ask for somebody to come and check it out. 100%. Okay, all right. Um, and then uh, what uh, Lucky is raising about, uh, you know, the, the developmental, the model yeah. not working and so forth. Um, like I said, I won't go back to what I'd said before, but uh, we think that the model is working because you've got a subject matter specialist in each and every entity focusing on uh, the service delivery mandates uh, on behalf of the city and in cons- constant consultation with the city. To give you context, when I say that the shareholder is active, which is the city of Johannesburg, it's very active. Uh, to give you co- the MD of City Power probably speaks to the city manager four times a day. Uh, there are meetings almost every day with the different self-service delivery uh, executives and water, city power, uh, the, the chief operating officer of the city, etc. So there are constant communications. Even myself as a chair, and I'm very non-executive, you'll still get phone calls um, You know that will be coming from the shareholder to say X and Y and Z. Uh, is not working accordingly. So it's a very dynamic, constantly, it's not a static uh, environment. Um, and also to, you know, to stratify residential versus industrial, you know, that's not going to work because it's going to create the very same energy poverty that we speak of. Um, one of the biggest, uh, one of the beauties uh, of our uh, industry is that um, you are able to have a tariff, for example, um, you know, for, let's give you a rainwater, for argument's sake. Rainwater will give us X amount of millions, almost a billion rents per annum of revenue. If you take out rainwater, you take out Coca-Cola, you take out, um, you know, 702, 94.7, because they pay us more, you are unable to subsidize those, um, you know, who are unable to pay as much. So you need to be able to have that uh, mix, that balance of uh, of clientele, Uh, large power users, uh, you know, businesses, um, as well as uh, your residential uh, market. But uh, we are attempting to alleviate the pain uh, of electricity because electricity is expensive. Um, we're trying to alleviate the pain, especially on your lower LSM groupings, which is your low-income households. What we've done, we've done a study and we checked and we saw that about 70% of the bill of your electricity is heating water and also cooking. Yeah. So we have now, uh, in partnership with Department of uh, Energy at the national level, um, as a start, we've gotten 20,000 uh, solar water geysers. And uh, we installed them for free uh, to, to especially indigent households so that we are able now to drastically reduce um, the cost uh, of uh, electricity for those uh, customers. And in the long term, ideally, you want to have your residential customers not depending a lot on the entity, all of us, including myself and yourself. And now you're focusing a lot more on, um, you know, your big customers because they pay you more and it's much easier to actually keep them, um, you know, to maintain that particular aspect of the... We've we've run out of time. First of all, we've run out of time, but I'm, I'm thankful for the opportunity to speak to somebody who's not a politician. Really, I am. These issues need to be discussed non-politically. So I'm very, and, and that doesn't mean that the political issues are not there, but sometimes we just need to have a conversation that isn't tainted by the rhetoric of politics. And, I'm, and, I, and I'm, you have no idea how thankful I am to have you here to come and talk to us about these things. And I hope that this is something that continues. What are we going to do about load shedding as Johannesburg? 
Um, we, have, we have started with the 20-year IPP program. We're going to be going out to the market to procure at least a 1,000 megawatts uh, of electricity. Um, we have also um, uh, going to be unveiling uh, open-cycle gas turbines that are going to give us 100 megawatts. And we're also doing a short-term power purchase program for those who already have solar panels. We've got plants that are generating power that can give us power for the next uh, When, when do we see the back of, of, of load shedding in Joburg? Um, I would say I don't want to give a f- and because the last person who did that had yeah. to uh, retract that a couple of months later. Sure. But we are working very hard to ensure that uh, load shedding goes away sooner rather than later because it's leading to job losses and, and so forth. What happens to Bonolo Ramokele uh, after March? Um, look, uh, we implement uh, the rest of our strategy and ensure that City Power becomes an even bigger and stronger uh, company that uh, delivers to residents of uh, Johannesburg. So that is what I will be focusing on. Mr. Bonolo Ramokele, thank you so much. Privileged to have you here on the show. And I'm hoping that we'll have more time to talk about other issues. Maybe you'll introduce us to some of your operational um, uh, colleagues so that we can have conversations of that nature uh, outside of sometimes the rhetoric that uh, uh, I suppose politics uh, has to carry with it when we're having these kinds of conversations.